Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. Remember, you can listen to all of our shows on respectliferadio.com. Our special guest today is Willis Crumholz, a fellow at Defense Priorities. He holds a JD and an MBA degree from the University of St. Thomas and works in the financial services industry. Today we're going to be talking about his article, The Right Needs to Adopt This Revolutionary Higher Education Reform Platform Now. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Uh, so what we have, uh, the topic for today is the, the topic really that you had written about, and again, people can find it in The Federalist. It's the right needs to, ad- the right needs to adopt this revolutionary higher education reform plan now. And really, the, the basis of the article is, look, higher education is screwed up. We need to fix it. And until we do, things are just going to keep getting worse. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And I get into specifics of policy a little bit, but it's really frustrating that as the Democrat presidential candidates are coming out with, you know, big, broad plans to change higher ed, and they're, they're going to make the problem worse by the way. Oh, they always do. Big change. Yep. They're coming out with big changes, though, to something that Americans instinctively know isn't working. And Republicans, uh, so far, are just proposing stuff that tinkers around the edges. And that's a that's a huge problem. Well, what you're talking about, we need meaningful reform. Not it's not a tweak. It needs to be rebuilt, right? Yeah, that's right. And so you know, when you look at all the, the things you hear conservative pundits talk about when it comes to higher education, you hear a lot of complaining, but the, the reality is is that the government, the taxpayers, uh, the people listening to this program, you, you guys subsidize all the stuff that goes on. And it's not just even hiding anymore how anti-Christian, um, you know, anti-American, pro-Marxist, a lot of the a lot of the um, teaching is in higher education, and it's a it's a real problem. Well, and you talk about you know you got professors getting paid six figure salaries to teach only a few hours a week, and then again only during the school year, so it's not even like they're working during the summer. But you're right. I mean, people are spending a lot of money, incurring a ton of debt to be indoctrinated into the Marxist mentality where. You know, people go in with a faith and come out with no faith. Yeah, it's it's, it's troubling. So that brings me to a, a point I wanted to get to. A lot of people treat education like it's a sacred cow. And, and in a lot of ways it is. It's obviously very, very important. Um, but this is big business, right? These aren't high school teachers that are barely scraping by or... Um, you know, the teachers at your local Catholic K-12 through school, college professors generally do very, very well, and their hours are, are unreal, right? I mean, I know they do research and stuff on the side, but they're not, they're not putting in um, 10-hour days, we'll put it that way, but they make a really nice salary, and they almost have, um, you know, they, they, it's, it's, hard, it's almost impossible to fire some of these people unless they go against the established, um, agreed-upon thought on, on progressive ideology, the, the Ben Stein documentary we're going to talk about, right? If you stay in the, 
ideological lines, you can be a terrible professor and pretty much be there for, for quite some time. It's a real, it's a real problem. Well, it's like they, ahead, once yeah. they get tenure, yeah. right, they're, they're almost bulletproof. And I think that's your point, right? They can almost do whatever they want, teach whatever they want, unless it's something conservative. And then, then you know, the sky's fallen because they're trying to promote an ideology. You know, you're trying to go in there to be educated and they're trying to indoctrinate. And there's a, a, a clash of what people desire versus what they're getting. Yeah, so well over 90% of college professors, you get, you, your audience can Google the specific stat to find it. But well over 90% of college professors are not conservative Republicans, we'll put it that way. Um, a lot of times it's a war between the neo-Marxists and then the traditional you know, left-wing li- progressives or liberals. And that's kind of the only... Um, ideological battle that goes on and increasingly there isn't much of a battle between those two sides and and this is only anecdotal but just from going to I'm from uh, the Minnesota area and from going to school in this area I went to a private uh, Protestant Baptist undergrad called Bethel University and then I went to Catholic um, law and business school and St. Thomas and actually St. Thomas is pretty good compared to other private uh, Christian options. But, but some of the stuff that gets said in the classroom, especially in my undergrad, I could, I could go through it. Um, it, would, it would shock parents who send their kids there expecting them to get something different than they would get at the University of Minnesota. And having known kids that went to the University of Minnesota, um, one, one person I knew who went there was assigned to read a book, Capitalism's War on the Earth. And, of course, there is no mention of the environmental degradation that goes on in non-capitalist economies like the Soviet Union had the worst environmental pollution ever. And in China today, where the soil is so polluted, you can't even uh, grow crops Grow crops there. I mean, that's, that is um, totally ignored. And, and, again, these are just anecdotes, but it's a widespread problem. And I, I know if parents listening were to talk to their kids and ask them about things they've They've heard in class, and we, you know, we could talk about high school. That's another matter, but they'd be they'd be shocked by some of the things their kids are told. And the scarier thing is, there's things your kids are told that aren't true that your kids aren't even picking up on, and and so that's a that's a problem. Again, I keep saying that, but it, it's just a huge a huge problem for the future of our country. Well, and yeah, and and again, you're paying a lot of money, a lot of money to have your kids indoctrinated. And, you, you know, you mentioned in the article, right, higher education is basically economically, ideologically, and spiritually rotten. I mean, they, they are at war against the faith. They're at war against capitalism. Yet they like to take advantage of capitalism by able to – I mean, because they're in a free marketplace, right? They're trying to make money. This isn't like they're doing this out of the kindness of their hearts. So they're taken with one hand and bashing with the other. Yeah, that's that's right. And and especially troubling is just the absolute anti-Christian um, propaganda that goes on in schools, even schools that say they're Christian or Catholic schools. So I'm not Catholic. I'm an evangelical Christian. I just like to say I'm a Christian, but I'm a big fan of the Catholic Church. Um, the stuff that's taught about the Catholic Church is just a downright live from the pit of hell. So, for example, most higher ed um, courses will teach that the church was anti-women, 
um, that the church supported slavery. And if you look through history, the Catholic Church elevated women um, in the pagan world. The Catholic Church fought against slavery, not consistently all the time, but compared to other forces at the time, it, it definitely did. Um, and, 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 you know, kind of on my, on my turf, it was evangelical Christians who fought to ban the transatlantic, transatlantic slave trade in um, the UK. And it was both Catholics and Protestants that ran the Underground Railroad uh, before slavery was made illegal in this country. So Christians don't have a perfect track record on these things. But again, people are, people are just being filled with propaganda. And it's kind of scary to talk to some of these people that come out of these courses and they have things all screwed up because the, the reality is the church has been the biggest force for good in the world ever. And that's totally being turned on its head. We can, we could talk about something else, but that's one of the things that bothers me the most about all this. And I'm sure the same is true for you, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, anytime you take God out of the equation, bad things are going to happen. And, you know, that it ties into what you were mentioning before, and we were talking about it before we went on air. And I know you had listened to the or watched the YouTube video. It's called Expelled by Ben Stein. If you just Google that or put that into YouTube, you'll find it. But basically, it's the all-out war against acknowledging that we there was an intelligent designer of the universe. And you watch the movie, and they go, and you think, wow, these are you know probably East and West Coast. Uh, colleges, Iowa State's mentioned, Baylor's mentioned, George Mason's mentioned, Columbia, just to name a few, that if a scientist mentions the word intelligence design, they get fired from higher education. Yeah, it's it's stunning. And the thing is, 80% of Americans believe that God either created the earth as, as, you know, literally Genesis says, or they believe God had to design some kind of evolutionary process that's 80 percent of the country because it really just doesn't make sense unless somebody was there to guide it and just even saying that it's not that these scientists are espousing you know six-day creationism but just even saying that something had to guide the process that the the intricacies in nature don't make sense unless something was there to guide it that gets you just completely banned in the scientific community that's a real that's a real again i keep saying this but that's a real problem and, and you can follow up on that, Jeff, but we could shift to ideas at least of what to do about it, because I think a lot of times conservatives complain about this stuff, right? and we should, but there isn't enough, here's what we should do. I don't claim to have all the answers, but there has to be a bigger conversation of what to do about it, and, and you can go ahead from there. Yeah, yeah. So, so what would your recommendations be? I mean, obviously, the system is broken. We have, you know, ideologues trying to push an agenda. How do we fix that? How do we fix, one, to make higher education actually more affordable and realistic, but also so that it's teaching and not promoting? Yeah, that's right. So I think the problems in this country really, really start with the – there's some cultural aspects where the left has, has been smart and they've sought to control – the levers of the culture, higher education, the media. There's also just the fact that the government has been heavily subsidizing this stuff since the Higher Education Act uh, passed during Lyndon B. Johnson's Great Society and reauthorized and made bigger and, and more um, 
more subsidizing in, in iteration since then. Um, but what, what that Higher Education Act does and subsidized student loans do is they don't give students going into college price signals. In other words, you can go be an art major and you can go be a pre-med major and it's going to cost you the same thing and your, your student debt rate is going to be the same thing. And we, of course, want art students, but a lot of those art students are going to end up getting a negative return on their degree. And we, I think we have a shortage of doctors, certainly a shortage of doctors and nurses. And, and so there has to be more signaling. It could be through the actual prices people pay. It could even be through requiring colleges to disclose what are, what's the employment in this major, what's the average salary in this major, you know, what's the average debt getting out of school and leaving this major. Because a lot of times, um, although it's possible, there's some majors where most people don't complete it in four years, and colleges should be required to disclose that. Now, it's interesting. The Obama administration was going to come out and, and require some kind of a watered-down version of that, require that colleges report this stuff if they receive government assistance. And on that, the colleges lobbied so hard that the Obama administration dropped even that. And so that's a, that's a huge uphill battle. And again, this gets back to this being a, it's almost a big business. They're entrenched and they're going to fight tooth and nail to keep these privileges. So, so, um, I got off on a sidetrack, Jeff, but the point is, is there's a reason that college prices keep shooting up every year faster than overall inflation in the economy. People going into it aren't price sensitive. Um, they're young kids. They get basically what they feel like is free money uh, to go spend on this education. They just assume they're going to be able to pay it back. Uh, the, the problem is, is increasingly returns overall for college are positive, um, but they're going down and for a lot of kids they're negative and 40 percent of kids that enter college fail to, fail to get a degree in six years um so that so again this is this is an issue ripe for reform just even on an economic basis not because we don't like what's being taught in college just for the future of the american economy somebody has to do something about this so um some ideas would be again to require colleges to report certain things um, you could allow contributions into some kind of a 401k type plan uh, by employees and employers that would then be later used to pay down student debt principal. You should make, Congress should act to make uh, college loans dischargeable in bankruptcy. A lot of people don't know this, but the only type of debt you can't get rid of in bankruptcy proceedings is student loans. And that actually makes lenders less careful about who they lend to. Uh, so conservative candidates should definitely run on that. It's more pro-consumer, but it also makes the lenders um, more conservative, who they lend to, more careful. Um, and then there's things being talked about. Marco Rubio has a cool plan. Josh Hawley, senator from Missouri, has a cool plan um, to penalize colleges for leaving students with a bunch of debt they can't pay or to require colleges to take an equity stake in their students, not just a debt, uh, not just, you know, build up debt the students have to pay. In other words, if the student doesn't get the type of job or whatever that's tied to the degree, um, that college doesn't get paid. And, and generally, I'm going on, Jeff, and I'm sorry, but generally this country needs more technical education. Um, and that's something that, you know, local employers and, and 
churches and all kinds of groups could, could work on creating. This doesn't have to be done through the existing higher education system. In fact, I'd say that the existing higher education system is in a lot of ways so corrupt that it's, 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 it'll be a hard battle to work within the system to change anything. And I, I don't want to ramble any longer, Jeff, but I just want to stress, you know, Republicans now in the Senate are talking about reauthorizing the Higher Education Act. I could go through some of the ideas they have, but it's, it's tinkering around the edges. And the Democrats are there saying this should be fundamentally reformed. Um, and that, that's, that's pretty scary because even though they're wrong, the American people know there's big problems with this. And, and there's a worry they're going to go with the, the party that's offering big solutions. Yeah, I mean, so in the end, you know, elections have consequences, right? I mean, people running for office should be questioned about these type of things. And, and we need to make sure we hold their feet to the fire that they actually view this as a real problem. I mean, it's not uncommon to see somebody with eighty dollars or $100,000 worth of debt, and they're going to be a school teacher. I mean, what are the chances of them being able to live a decent life when they got that kind of burden hanging over their head? Now, they did it themselves. But in the end, yep. you, you need to be able to see. And I think it's almost like, you know, you buy a product at the grocery store and it has a label on it. You see how many you know calories, cholesterol, all those things on it. So you can make a judgment. Is this something I want to put in my body? And you're saying, hey, if I'm going to college, I ought to be able to see a label and say, well, this doesn't even make economic sense. Why would I do this? I'm going to go get a major or do something, or even go to a tech school, like you said. We recently had a uh, a guest on uh, from a place they just started called Har- Harlem Academy, and Harmel Academy, excuse me. And it's a tech school because the tech industry, you're, they're dying trying to get people who know the trades to be a plumber or an electrician yeah. or do those things. They're making yeah. good money, and everybody's going to college, and you, like you said, only 40% are graduating. That, that's right, Jeff. So I'm going to butcher this stat a little bit. Instead of giving you the stat, I'll just say it, and people can look this up too. But the skilled trades, so welders, plumbers, electricians, um, masonry, all this stuff that you need on the job, hands-on training to do, their workers are uh, much, much older than the overall population or the overall average in other jobs meaning there's going to be a big shortage in these industries in the years ahead. And that's where, you know, that's where a lot of uh, people should, should be going. They could have happy lives and good careers and not incur all this debt. And so it's not all up to the government, but policies need to steer people in a better direction or, or at least stop steering them in a bad direction. And I like what you said about labeling, because I don't think anybody on our side is arguing that people that, made irresponsible decisions, even when they were 18, 19, 20 years old, should be bailed out. I'm certainly not arguing that. But what I want is competition and full disclosure. And I, I really like a lot of my college professors I've had, and especially a couple of professors I've had at St. Thomas here. But, but just generally, the whole industry, especially certain parts of it, is kind of, it's a, it's a racket. Um, and, and there needs to be sunlight shown on the whole the whole um you know the the whole industry it's it's got to have more competition and disclosure well i mean think of somebody you know having children today i've i've put all my kids through school but you know think i mean just just thinking of what college might cost in 18 years 
is is scary in and of itself. When my kids went to college, I wouldn't let them take out more than $5,000 worth of loans a year because it doesn't make any sense to come out of college crippled with debt. And at some point, parents have to take some responsibility. I mean, if kids could do whatever they want, but you just say, hey, I'm not going to help pay if you go to that school. That could deter them from going to a school and getting a degree that, one, isn't either marketable, or two, you'll never make the return, as you were talking about earlier, to be able to you know, see the light of day. Yeah, that's right. And there's another aspect of this. There's, of course, parents probably being less willing to have kids because they're worried about how much these kids are going to cost going to college and all that. There's also a delay of adulthood and, and parenting because of all the student debt. So there's a lot of conservatives that talk a lot about culture. And again, I'm not trying to name names and, and a lot of people are really well-meaning, but they never propose policies that might change something because a lot of times the culture is influenced by policies so that the high debt people leave college with is a great example. Um, people probably delay adulthood and childbearing because of it. I'm sure on the margin they have more sexual partners because of it. There's all kinds of ramifications of, of people not becoming adults when they're 18, basically. And, um, you know, that's, that's something we all should care about. That's something the churches should care about. Well, and I think, yeah, and I think a lot do. And, you know, it goes to your, you know, your other point, right? I mean, you're, you're sending people into schools who, one, they're, they're, they may probably more immature than they have been in, you know, decades past. But two, you got, you got the schools teaching immorality and putting, you know, all kind of crazy stuff in classes and putting things in people's heads. So it's a, it's the double whammy, right? You got immature kids and you have uh, immoral teaching at colleges on top of everything else. So at some point, you know, it's got to be, you know, supply and demand and, and the consumer needs to say, hey, enough. I'm, if that's what's going on at the school, we're not going to do it. Because here's the end. If they're not getting the students, they're going to change their curriculum and change the way they're doing things because it's all about the almighty dollar. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right, Jeff. And, so, and what? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, what really needs to happen is for the church, churches, to to come up with solutions on their own. I mean, the, the church, talking about the Catholic Church, started what we now call education, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I think it's time they take that back, right? And I and I, not to be overly critical of Catholic higher ed and in America, but you can look at schools like um, you know, Georgetown stuff going on there. They, they're really not separating themselves from the secular schools. The stuff going on in the secular schools is going on there as well. And so, you know, whatever people can do in their locality, and, and it doesn't have to be about college stuff. It could be K through 12. But, you know, I don't have the answers to that. It's going to take a lot of work. But that's, some, that's something to be hopeful about is is you know, you guys can always take that back. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, to your point, you know, there's, I forget how many, you know, a couple hundred Catholic colleges in the United States. And we did a show with the, uh, the Cardinal Newman society that does a Newman guide that, that identifies faithful Catholic colleges that stick to the teachings of the church. There's like 20, 20 out of, out of a couple hundred where you send your kid, you're going to feel good that they're getting, 
a solid moral education on top of everything else. And you're right. It, it's abysmal. And in the end, if people stop sending their kids to the Georgetowns and the Loyolas and the places like that, they would either change or they would go under. And so at some point, you just yeah. can't funnel money just because of a name. What what are they doing? I, you know, it goes back to the label thing you were talking about. What are they actually doing? And that's where if you go to the Cardinal Newman Society, they actually have a label for colleges and says this is what they're doing. So parents can shop, but it's it's more on a, a micro level. But it, I think what your point is, look, legislators need to change and really disclose what's going on and change the way the thing is done. And that's done through the when we go to elections. Yeah. And to be frank, if you're a conservative in Congress, you shouldn't vote to authorize this stuff, to reauthorize it without changes. You just shouldn't. On a fiscal or economic or, you know, social values basis, it, the, the entire thing isn't worth reauthorizing unless you make a major change. Right. And that should be something we hold our, our legislators to. Well, and in, yeah, right. In the end, right, they all just want to get elect, reelected or elected, and that's not good enough. Do the right thing and then let the chips fall where they may. We have too many people who compromise on their values because they want to get voted in. And in the end, if they're not doing anything, why should you get voted in? Do what's right and what you morally stand for, and then at least we can respect you. Yep. Well, yeah, there's I, a okay. there's a Go ahead, Jeff. No, I was just going to say, I, I think your article is very thought-provoking. And again, I just wanted to remind people to go to The Federalist and look up Willis Kromholtz. I guess you, you've written other articles there, I know, but this one's called The Right Needs to Adopt This Revolutionary Higher Education Reform Plan Now. But you have a lot of good points, a lot of good stats, and just really, and, and ideas, which is good, right? It's not just, hey, we're lamenting, oh, woe is me, but hey, here are some positive things that you can do and you need to be aware of to make change. Yeah, thank, thank you, Jeff. And it doesn't mean they're all good ideas, but we have to have more ideas and, and somebody's got to change something. We can't keep going down the same path. No, the status, the status really quo in almost anything, you know, if you're not growing in something, you're dying in it. So just to be hanging your hat on the status quo is never a good thing. Especially not with this. <laughs> no, you're right, right? I mean, these are our kids. If we truly love our children, then we're going to try to do something about it. And we, we need to wake up and we need more articles like what you've written and more commentary so that it at least wakes people up and then they look at it. I mean, this is kind of scratching the surface, but hopefully it's a push where people will look into this more and say, yeah, this is terrible.